And after watching these, you probably want Evita, but I'm curious, like, how bad do you want Evita? Like, lick a gas station toilet bad or, like, rob a grandma bad? Like, specifically. I'm just curious. Irregardless, we'll always have console games. Welcome to Radio Irregardless, your non-standard blend of irrespective and regardless. Now please welcome to the Internet Airwaves. Really? Internet Airwaves? It's okay, you can just do it. It's just just say Internet Airwaves. It sounds really cool. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just not. Internet Airwaves. Okay then. Please welcome to the Internet Airwaves, Mark Scalia. And welcome to Radio Irregardless with me, your host, Mark Scalia. Hi, guys. How are you? I'm just just about ready to go. I put something in the chat, and all of a sudden, boom, I'm using Safari, which I fucking hate. I used to love Safari. Now I hate it. And I tried to log on because I, you know, I got to keep the web page open so I can see everybody's comments, and otherwise I got to open like three different windows, and it's much easier. And just before I put it in, it just goes, it just, anyway... What a nightmare. So speaking of that, thanks for listening. So if you're listening, you're listening one of three ways through my website. Speaking of bad websites, <laughs> my website, markscalia.com, and check out more of that site because uh, there's a lot of things happening in the calendar and the videos and follow me on Facebook and Twitter. And if you want to be more participant with this show, all you got to do is click that box you're listening to and that will send you right over to the broadcasting site, which is Mixler, M-I-X-L-R.com. And then you can sign on using a Facebook address. We got a lot of people on tonight, but a lot of people, it just says elsewhere, which means they have not signed on using Facebook. So you can listen to the show, which I really appreciate, but you can't participate in the show. There, You want to throw something into the mix. That's what I'm trying to get at. And the third way you can listen is if you cannot listen live, because that's how we broadcast, hence all the mistakes. <laughs> you can listen to the slightly edited for time podcast version of the show through iTunes and now today through Google Play. I just set that up. So as I always like to do, I like to bring you guys up to speed about what's been happening in our time apart, our week apart. I will like to, I will like to, <laughs> I'm going to just do it. This is the happening now monologue. Everything that happens now is happening now. What happened to then? Past it. When? Just now. We're it now now. Go back to then. When? Now. Now? Now. I can't. Why? We missed it. When? Just now. When will then be now? Soon. And we have some problems. <laughs> We're all just, I'm having problems talking tonight because you know what it is? My attention is distracted. I, there's a lot of things I got going on. So let me bring you up to speed. I actually did this today. I got, um, I, I don't know if you guys have, some people are Windows people. Some people are Mac people. Some people are Android phones. Some people are, you know, iPhones. I myself am a Samsung Android phone. Love Android I've always liked it. I liked it over the iPods, the iPhones. I have an iPod. I had the first generation iPod. 
As a matter of fact, it still works on my car, which, you know, and then the second generation will work, but it won't charge. So, you know, it's not that I despise Apple or Mac, but I kind of lean towards Android. But the reason I say this is because I got a Galaxy S7 when they first come out. Now they have the 8. But I got the 7, and as a result of me getting the 7, I got one of those VR optical things, and I love the the visors, which is right here. It's super cool, and it's powered by Oculus. Now, Oculus is a uh, like group that gathers apps, and people can develop apps, and it, it's like an in-store you know, it's it's in within within within. So, I I I I put it on today because I was just playing. Actually, I tried it last night, but I tried it today, and this is the cool thing. There's a game called Bait where you fish. All it is, you fish. You just throw a rod in the water, and you catch a fish. And if the fish pulls away, you can't bend the rod or break the rod or snap the line. So you got to kind of be careful about what it does. So I I. I was playing the fish game and I thought it was actually kind of cool. It's a free game. It doesn't cost any money unless you upgrade and do stuff, which I'm not. But there's this feature in Oculus on the home part of Oculus where you can Facebook live what you're doing. <laughs> so I did it today, which was really cool. And of course you can leave the microphone on or off. So like an, like a fucking idiot, I'm going to my wife and yelling down the stairs. I'm going, sweetie, poopy, honey, can you go on Facebook and see if this is working? <laughs> I sound like an idiot. And then, of course, I'm all done. I catch a fish, and then I take it off, and then I go on Facebook, and it's there, and I'm like, oh, what a moron. <laughs> I like acting like a moron sometimes, you know? Because like, I, I hate being smart. I wish I was dumber. I really do. I really wish I was dumber. I wish I had the intelligence of a six-year-old, it, it would be so much easier because there's so many scary things. And I'm, I'm not even going to mention all the scary things like, you know, North Korea and I'm, they're going to attack Guam and nukes and everybody's on Facebook going, what about nuclear? Don't joke about nuclear war. It's like, first of all, anyway, just, just fucking relax, people. Let's all relax. Let's take a goddamn chill and let's hope North Korea doesn't, just you know, just tell them they're pretty. You got a big dick and you're pretty. Just tell them that, and everything will go away. Because I got bigger fish to fry. I really do. My my back is still bothering me, and ba ba ba. I finally got my surgery scheduled. So in like, what's today? The ninth? Yes. In 20 days, I'm gonna go for surgery, which I'm super happy about. I just want this done. I want it done. I want it done. Because there's a lot of things coming up for the fall. First of all, my birthday is coming up on the 26th of this month. Thank you. And I'll be 49 this year. Hooray, hooray. Anyway, um, the anniversary number four for Radio Irregardless is coming up. Now, I thought it was the fifth year, but it's not. I'm into four seasons now. I'm. Let me double check. Yeah, I'm into four seasons of Radio Irregardless because my show prep is four seasons. So it'll be the fourth. Yeah, the first, fourth anniversary. Because there's the actual first show, and then there's the anniversary of the first show. So this will start my fifth season. So I've been on air for four years. And thank you guys, because I wouldn't do it without you guys. Well, there's six people listening. <laughs> so there you go. The six people uh, are preventing me from killing myself and this show. So thank you. And my wife just said, can't believe it's been four years. Yes, I know. It's crazy. It's just insane how 
Tempest Fugit. So that's Latin for time flies. And speaking of time flies, because my surgery is on the 29th, which is like the last day of the month, September starts up. Now, it's become, it's beginning to be the fall, which is everybody gets it. But with the fall coming, the tickets for the Christmas trolley are going to be on sale Monday, September 11th, 2017. So just about a month from now is the Christmas trolley tickets going to go on sale. They changed the times again on me, so I have to talk to the producer and find out things about that. So, But I definitely got to get healed because Scrooge is going to be a almost an impossibility with back issues. Like, there'd be no way I could do Scrooge in this current condition. I'm sure that I could, but I'd be I'd be crying <laughs> every night. I'd be super crying. And because it's, you know, the fall's coming up quick, I have to start thinking about the Salem Comedy and Spirits Festival coming up in January, which the announced dates are going to be January 11th to 13th, 2018. It's going to be a Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. The venues have not been secured. That's why I've got to start moving things very quickly because as soon as the fall rolls around, nobody wants to talk to me until, you know, after November. And then by November, it's really tricky to, you know, I panic. I start to panic. I get in this, you know, full-blown blah, 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 and I don't want to do that. So I got a lot of things going on, and I hope you guys stick with me because every time I do this show, I'm going to give you some more information and start moving things. So. So because we have uh, we have one signed on listener and we have uh, other listeners that have not signed on, I was going to do one game, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to play a different game with you guys because I got tons of these and this is more of a, you know, kind of a listen, not participate. Let's play a little. I remember that show. I remember that show is where I, where I play you a theme from a TV show and you have to guess the show. Super simple. And since we only have one signed on listener, you are eligible to play this entire game. Okay, let's see. I'm going to go easy. All right. Here's the first one. Easy. Yes, you will win, but you have to answer. <laughs> I, dream of, I dream of genie spelled incorrectly. <laughs> That's genie like gene. Like the guy's name, Gene. G. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yes, it is. I dream of Genie, and I will do the incorrect spelling. You know, something I'll give it to you. Who cares? You. Dude. You got it. All right. You know something? Let's stay in that time period. Let's do this one.
It is the Pink Panther, which doubles as a sounds like sax song to me. <laughs> which I'm going to drag it in. <laughs> Best part. That is correct, and since you got it correct, I'll give you this. Did I do that? You did. It's just you getting them all right. So that's two for two. Let's see if you can do the hat trick. The trifecta staying in the same time period. Here we go. (laughs) Again, a lot of sacks in there. Technically, it's Neil Simon's The Odd Couple. (laughs) Starring Tony Randall and Jack Klugman. And that is it. So you got all of them, Karen. Every single one. So I'm going to give you this. How you doing? Congratulations. It's the sweep, sweep, sweep. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take my first break. When I come back, you are going to get a chance to meet an amazing actor of the Boston area and beyond. Mr. Russ Gannon will be joining us. You are listening to Radio Irregardless. We'll be right back. At a wedding toast, he confessed to giving the bride chlamydia. People know him as that guy. He'll ask about your children at a urinal. He once approached an undercover officer for drugs in front of a police station. He is the most inappropriate man in the world. I don't often drink beer. But when I do, it's at an AA meeting. Stay thirsty, my friends. It's time for another weak inspiration. People who belittle always be little. Hello, I am Hitchbot, a hitchhiking robot from Port Credit, Ontario, Canada. I was at the Peabody Essex Museum and met stand-up comedian Mark Scalia. 
He hosts a live internet radio show called Radio Irregardless. He told me because I was hitchhiking to be careful because people may not be as nice as Canadians. I was doing great until some old picked me up in Philly. City of brotherly love my ass. This will be my last transmission. Listen to Radio Irregardless live on Wednesday nights and if you can't the archived shows are available on iTunes. And you're back at Radio Regardless with me, your host, Mark Scalia. And joining me via the Skype line, so I get all this ready, is the aforementioned, very talented, Mr. Russ Gannon. Hi, Mike. It's a pleasure to be here. Hi, Mike. (laughs) (laughs) I I would expect nothing less from you, Russ. (laughs) So, guys, How are you? I'm good. I'm good. This is Russ Gannon. Uh, he's one of the most talented actors in the Boston area. He travels all over. He's actually doing, he's rehearsing right now. So, he's calling from a location, which is actually really cool. It makes everybody feel, oh my God, I'm so important. You are. And he's calling and he's very busy. He's doing a play. And let me promote this. First of all, I put your stuff in the chat. You can free stalk him first on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You're not on Tinder, are you? No, you're married. So you can no. <laughs> well, he he might be. I don't know. I don't want to judge. Um, you, he's you can find him at Russ Gannon, R U S S G A N N O N, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you really want to see more of what he can do, go to RussellJGannon.com, and his his entire portfolio is there. His pictures, probably acting real, correct? Correct. Okay. So, <laughs> I, I realize sometimes I'm talking to the audience and then I look at the phone and you don't know I'm looking at the phone. <laughs> it, you know, if you were in the studio, there's all these eye gestures and stuff, which makes it so, but I'm looking at the phone. It doesn't matter. So, so you're doing a play right now, right? Let's, let's get right into that. Oh, did I lose you? I'm out. I'm oh, here. I'm, there you I'm go. in a an old building on Tremont Street. Okay, and um, and you're doing a show. You're doing a Michael Chekhov play, or no? What, yes. What? So, so uh, part of the Michael Chekhov Institute, which teaches the Chekhov technique and the Meisner technique, they're doing a summer showcase of short plays with some of the students, and uh, we're over here where um, I think Charles Dickens had performed in this very building um years ago obviously (laughs) and uh we're doing a series of short plays we're doing it one night only this friday at the tremont temple on tremont street i think i know where that is and you're on the sixth floor of chipman hall that is correct and so i'm doing a short play entitled blue stars and it's uh it's a very you're popping in and out uh, so I'm doing the play with Abigail Jean Lucas, Matthew Fogerberg, uh, Owen Burke is also one of the performers in this. He's uh, one of the hottest actors around in Boston right now. So, so it's a fun showcase if you're in the area. Uh, Friday night, 7 p.m. on Tremont Street. But I'm in an older building, yeah. and so uh, as a result of that, um, you know, they're not really a big internet. Um, fans in these old buildings down here in Boston. Internet but, friendly. But yes. I'm, yeah, it's, it's not internet friendly. 
No, it's not. No. In fact, I should be um, just responding to your questions in uh, ink and quill. <laughs> <laughs> um, Karen, my lovely bride, is actually listening. And she, hello, uh, Karen. Karen. Well, she, yeah, says, Karen says hello. And she says, what is the play about? It's about 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting play. It, it, uh, it's really kind of set in, in um, we like to think of it as sort of the Leave it to Beaver era of the 50s. And it's just about a husband and wife. And the woman just, she loves to pick blueberries. And uh, it's got kind of a, I would say, Twilight Zone versus uh, Leave it to Beaver. So oh. is there more to the play or is it simply about a woman who likes picking blueberries? Mm-hmm. So it's got this this weird, timeless, um, like out of time, like you're not sure where in time it takes place and really what the subtext of it is, because it could just be a play about a husband and a wife and a mysterious man who shows up at the door to take her away. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds really good. And it's part of a showcase. So you said there's like seven or eight plays total? There are seven plays total, yeah. Nice. Ours is the longest of the plays. Most of them are about 10, 10 minutes long. Oh, and it's, I'm sorry, and it's this Friday night. See, I got a huge problem because I'm like triple booked on Friday, so I couldn't go even I wanted to. <laughs> well, you're a popular guy. I mean, you've no. got plenty of tables to bus at whatever restaurant you're performing at. that would be true if uh if i wasn't a bone dry on saturday so i'm not doing anything i'm doing three things on friday and nothing on saturday so so let's get into a, a little bit of the interview process now you're originally from this area are you yes i was uh, born and raised in needham massachusetts in needham. and you and i have known each other for it's got well i've been acting for 15 years so i've known you at least 10 or 14 of those 15 years and we would do murder mysteries and then we did some team building events and through a, ver- a variety of companies we- we've we've seen each other on set but you're a radio guy you're more radio right did you do radio for a long time i did so you and i have known each other about 11 years because it was in 2006 when i transitioned out of radio into acting oh, okay. and i was a I was a DJ in Boston. I was on, uh, most recently, The River, 92.5 WXRV, Boston's independent radio. Nice. They'll give anybody a job. And I was, <laughs> and I was a DJ there. <laughs> I was a DJ there uh, for about four years or so. Um, I had been out of radio for a while, but um, I, was a, um, I was a traffic reporter for WBZ in the uh, early 90s. And uh, I used to do uh, overnight traffic. Oh, and yeah, it, it, it's the, as exciting as it sounds. It's, it's, it has to be. It has to be but more exciting. In order, yeah, so for, for in order for WBZ to call themselves the 24-hour news source, they needed traffic and weather 24 hours. On the threes. So because I was the new guy, I got the BZ overnight shift. <laughs> and so from midnight to six, I would think of exciting and alternate ways to say there's nobody on the roads. So, you know, and and you just, I would just make a list of all the roads and just name them, you know. 
Well, it looks good. 93 all the way down from New Hampshire. That uh, nice smooth ride. The pike coming in from the west, uh, also a smooth ride. Tunnels looking good in both directions. There's absolutely nobody on the roof. <laughs> you, know, that's- you know, occasionally, and, and we were in the top of the Prudential Center. Oh. And so I would just walk around. We were on the observation deck. And if I saw a guy pulled over on the Mass Pike changing a flat tire, that was news. That was, you know, I, I'd break into the Norm Nathan show. It's like, hey, you want to just avoid that guy changing a flat tire over on the right-hand side by the Prudential Tunnel. Well, for you guys, for you guys who don't know, WBZ, they're on, is that 1030? What's, is, they're not traffic on the threes, yeah. are they? Traffic on the threes. Traffic yeah. on the threes. So literally every 10 minutes he had to fucking do this. Uh, yeah. And oh. so what would happen is um, Norm Nathan was the was the announcer at the time. And Norm had been in radio since, you know, <laughs> you know the the beginning of time. Since, he had been around for Edison. a while. <laughs> since Edison. Yeah, since Edison. Yeah. Marconi. Yeah. He, like, yeah Mark, right. Marconi asked him I've to hold the, phone. the radio. Now here's Norm Nathan. Yes. So. <laughs> And so he would do this thing called the dumb birthday game at 3.30 in the morning where he would get the, he'd get people to call in. He'd have the traffic guy, the weather guy. And this was pre-internet. Mm. Um, and we would just he would say, all right, well, it is so and so's birthday today. How old do you think that person is? And everybody would guess. And whoever came closest got a point and whoever got the most points one a busy pen or something like but, that but so. you work there i know <laughs> well i was working at metro, i was at metro traffic so you know so bz was something oh yeah um, you know and then i you know when i finally moved up into morning drive um i couldn't be russ gannon on both bz and hdh because they were competitors oh so i had to take the uh the name joe patrick which was my middle name and my confirmation name, Joseph Patrick. So I was really? Joe Patrick on HDH, and I was Russ Gannon on BZ. Joe, see, I remember Joe Patrick being announced. Well, there you go. Wow. So, and and I will tell you my the worst the worst time that I had doing a traffic report was I was um, I, I was really into underdog for some reason around that time. <laughs> which is a weird transition here, but yeah. you know, so I was walking into the, the office and I'd say, does anybody want coffee? And, uh, they'd be like, Oh yeah, yeah. Go downstairs. And give me that. And it's like, you didn't say Simon says, you know, or something like that. And I was yeah. doing all these underdog voices. <laughs> and so Joe Stapleton had told the woman who was on FNX that I did a killer Simon bar sinister impression which I don't. <laughs> so she said, I want to hear the entire traffic report as Simon <laughs> Barr Sinister. It was awful. <laughs> Diamonds says, yeah, stop that. that was, <laughs> the Simon Barr Sinister. Yeah, I remember him. He was the, the weirdest one. He was, yeah. I could have done underdog, you know? I could have done the whole traffic report like that. Instead, I'm doing it as Simon Bar Sinister. And I the only thing I know how to say is Simon says. <laughs> so 
It'll be this so, one. See. Hold on, we'll find one. The answer lay in the diabolical laboratory of Simon Bar Sinister. <laughs> it works. My snow gun works. <laughs> yes. See? It's up in this area. Yes. So imagine I'm trying to do a traffic report in that voice. Oh, I would lose my shit. You know? The pike is all backed up. You know, it was just awful. There's nowhere so to go on the highway. That's right. So I finish, and the woman on FNX goes, Man, that was awful. I'm like, Thanks. That's awful. And that was the end of my traffic days. So, so yes. So I left. Um, so I left radio in 2006 uh, because radio had changed in the 10 years plus that I had been out of it. Um, to where DJs really didn't pick their music. No, I was given a playlist. I clicked and dragged files, and and I played it. And you know, it just it wasn't very exciting. So I decided to look for something else. So I actually placed an ad in the paper that said, "This is everything I've ever done." Is there a company out there that can use my skills? And that's when I found this this um, team training company where you and I met. Yeah, that's how I got involved in doing team building stuff. Nice. And at the same time, I also saw an ad to be an extra in the game plan with The Rock, which was filming at Gillette Stadium. Yeah, and I had never worked in a movie before, so I said, "Well." Let me see really? what that's like. Really? And so I went, yeah. See, I had no uh, idea. I mean, first of all, my brother said, he just posted, uh, my brother signed on. We have a few more guests. He goes, that pen prize is, imp- is as impressive as the prizes on this show. <laughs> the dick move. <laughs> but here's the thing. I mean, I was acting in 2000. So it's weird to think that you had only recently got into it during like the game plan shoot. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that blows and, me away. And in, yeah, I had no interest ever in acting. I didn't act in school. Um, there was a time in the late 80s where I actually did stand-up for a while. I was in a comedy troupe at Emerson College, and um, it was uh, – I ended up uh, with a buddy of mine, Matt Fernley, who I, you know. I know Matt very um, well. And he and I were living near Played Against Sam's in Alston, and he got a job hosting. He started doing stand-up as well, and we used some of my old two-person skits to get me up on stage. And and so I was doing some stand-up for a little bit at Duck Soup and um, oh my goodness. Um, Catch a Rising Star. It's so weird because of- that was that's probably about two or three years after I was into it. Or around the same time, because Played Against Sam's was still going. I never performed there, but I'm surprised you and I didn't we we didn't bump into each other because we work in the I same know. clubs. But then again, in the early '90s, I mean, there were dozens of clubs in the Boston area you could just get on, you know, two or three times a night. So, oh, absolutely, not, absolutely. And I was a, I was a huge DJ Hazard fan. Oh yeah. And so wherever wherever he was, and and Rich Seisler and and yeah. some of those guys were just. They were awesome. Mike McDonald and, and um, yeah, they were just, 
And so it was fun to do, but it wasn't really what I wanted to do. I had no interest in performing. I wanted to be in radio. So my stand-up career ended. Um, I became a music writer uh, for the Herald and the Boston Phoenix. I was a music critic and uh, just the, the sort of twisty turn road I've taken to this career path. But I was writing for a number of publications around the country um, as a music critic. Wow. And, and at that point, um, I stopped doing traffic and I started managing a record store in Harvard Square. And I did that for a dozen years and uh, HMV Records in Harvard Square until it closed. And then after it closed is when um, Michelle Brienne from The River, I bumped into her. I had known her. She used to work for Capitol Records. And when I was in HMV, she used to come in and she's like, I remember you said you used to be in radio. Would you have any interest in um, coming back and working at the river? And I'm like, you know what? That's exactly what I want to do. Nice. And so for you know three or four years, I jumped on the radio and, and then I got bored with that, got into acting of you know, background acting, but it's still something. It's on set and it's yeah. it's being around creative people. And I just started picking the brains of everyone that was on set. What do you do? How'd you get to this point? What, you know, union versus non-union? When's a good time to join? How do you join? Hmm. Um, all of these things. And, and uh, so I ended up getting uh, eligible to join the union. Um, I think I joined after a first. Yeah, uh, which is funny because in all the years that I was in radio, I never needed to join AFTRA. And yet um, I worked on the TV show Brotherhood Showtime um, as a stand in. It was my first experience as, as being a stand in. And uh, who did you and uh, had who did you stand in for? I was utility. So I stood in for whoever they needed me to stand oh, in for. Gotcha. Although I remember sitting across from uh jason isaacs looking at him like how do i know this guy <laughs> having watched like every harry potter movie there was <laughs> and, like, had no idea it was malfoy's dad yeah. like oh okay <laughs> um and so i ended up joining after and then i joined sag i, I got wavered in um you know, Taft-Hartley, mm -hmm. if there aren't enough union people on set and they need to uh, fill a quota of union, they just pick someone who's non-union. And I got three waivers on three different films. And I was able to join the union. And I thought, and I joined in 2008, and I thought, my life's going to change because I am SAG. <laughs> <laughs> That's the year I joined, yeah, by the way. That's crazy. That's pretty much uh, what happened. <laughs> now, I bring this up because it's very important. Now, what's this? Oh, Lucius yeah. Malfoy. My, yeah, Lucius. Lucius Malfoy. <laughs> um, so now you're running for the board. Now, you've been on the board, right? You've been on the board for a while. Yeah. So, so, in, um, so in 2011, I ran to be on the board because it was um, we were starting to approach merger. Mm -hmm. um, 15, it might have been, been 13. 15, 17, no, 2011. Um, I really wanted to know more about the union, how it worked and, and some of the other stuff. And, and at the time, there weren't a lot of people running for the local board. And I said, you know, it's, I, I want to I learn about it because it, it was pre-merger. So there was still an after a board and still yeah. a SAG board. But 
I wanted pre-merger, I wanted to see what went on with merger. Like everything that was happening behind the scenes was fascinating to me. I I could see in you know what was happening with background and, and being an actor on set. I hadn't landed a principal role yet, but I still felt like I wanted to know where where the union was going and what was happening, the machinations of of how the union worked. And so I ran for the board and I actually missed uh, getting on the board by just uh, a few votes. Um, uh, somebody beat me out. And then that person had to leave uh, due to a medical um, situation. And they offered me a position. They said, you know, you're the next highest vote getter. Would you like to join the board? And so I said, yeah, I'd, I'd like to do that. And so I've been on the board now for three terms. So that's six years. Um, I've, I've made it through merger and, and just it was as fascinating as I was hoping that it would be. And I, um, my specialty, so everyone on the board really has some love, something that they are passionate about. And for me, it's student films. Mm -hmm. I, I just feel that student filmmakers offer actors an incredible opportunity that I think I don't so as think, well. Yeah, I think so as well. Yeah, absolutely. You and I have, have worked with students uh, in the past. Oh, yeah. um, and in fact, you're probably partially responsible for me going down that path because I really enjoyed those classes that you and I were, were part of. Oh, thank you. Uh, don't blame me for and, that. Don't blame me for that. Either. No. <laughs> <laughs> Taking enough responsibility for shit. <laughs> And so, so what SAG has is we offer students a student film agreement, which allows them to shoot their student film using SAG actors. Mm -hmm. And this is an incredible opportunity for actors who may not necessarily have an opportunity to be in front of the camera when Scorsese is behind the camera. But this gives them an opportunity to, to land a principal role in a SAG signatory production. Yeah. And I think that it's just such an opportunity um, for, for, you know, like I was, like I was a guy that didn't have much acting experience. I joined SAG and how was I going to get it experience if I couldn't work non-union? Right. I had to limit myself to union projects and uh, finding that students could shoot under a union uh, uh, contract and not add any expenses to it because most actors understand that students are limited in, they have in no finance. Money. They have absolutely they no have money. They have no money. <laughs> they have never and, had money. But what I love about them is, uh, first of all, their passion. Oh, yeah. Um, they're super they've got hungry. Some, yeah. And they've got, a, they've got some incredible writing skills. You know, there are some very cool scripts that I've been a part of. Um, and there, it's also a collaborative effort. I've, I love the fact that I'm asked on set to take a look in the camera lens and say, well, how does this look? And, it, and what it's done is it's ignited in me an interest in directing. Now, I'm not one of these that wants to get out of acting and into directing. I love to act. Mm -hmm. But I'm also fascinated to see how a scene is set up. And yeah. on student films, you really get that, that opportunity to see that. And yeah. so I, I, not, I not only work with student filmmakers, but I visit schools um, and I speak to student classes. I've done this now for the last almost four years at Emerson, at BU. Uh, last year I went to MassArt. 
Um, after La La Land won um, all the awards, I reached out to the Harvard Film Department and offered to come in and talk to the students over there as well. Well, you know, there are film you, pro. You know, yeah, the the, uh, the writer director of La La Land, he was at Harvard. Well, that's yeah, that's why I what caused me to reach out because many people don't know that um, schools like Harvard and Tufts and yeah. DC have film programs. Well, I, I bring it. Need I bring it up. I bring it up for two reasons. One, because I know that because I've worked for the Harvard Film School, and I didn't know that when I was. This was when I was non-union, and the guy who wrote and and directed La La Land was a DP on one of the films I did. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So it's, and, cool. and the funny thing is I didn't even realize it, you know, cause you work with so many people that you don't know. And the, the writer director of the film, um, I posted something and he said, Oh yeah. He goes, um, cause he celebrated his anniversary of making his, uh, he made a fan, a Batman fan film. And he was like, Oh, I do this. And I go, ah, that was one of the, I loved being on the film. And he said, yeah, he goes, a little guy who you, you might've known him directed and wrote La La Land. He said that you were very talented. And I was like, fuck, where's that endorsement right now? I need it now. That's the endorsement. That's great. I'll tell you what, because yeah. we're, we're running just a little long. I want to take my second break. I want to regroup and uh, I want to get more into this, but I also, I want to bring something up. People may not know this, but on set, Russ is like a human IMDb. Like, and I'm not joking. Like, he knows every actor in every movie. He'll tell you everything about it. And I'm going to actually challenge him because now we know about his radio and now his television and now his films and all that. And we're going to get into more of that. And I'm going to, I'm going to play a little game with him when we come back. So, Russ, stay on the line and uh, we'll be right back. You are listening to Radio Irregardless. gives out Christmas presents in July. He was born 18 weeks early. He'll ask for the bill after given a menu. He once finished the Focus T25 workout in four minutes. He is the most impatient man in the world. I don't often watch movies, but when I do, it's in fast forward. Stay thirsty, my friend. It's time for another weak inspiration. A pebble in your shoe can drive you mad. So take it out and hit somebody with it. Hi, I'm comedian debtor Dennis Maller, and you're listening to Radio Irregardless with your host Mark Scalia, because it's less obvious than cutting yourself. And you're back at Radio Where Regardless with me, your host, Mark Scully. Everybody shits on me during the commercial. It's like, it's more, it's less obvious than cutting yourself. That's not important. So again, with me still on the Skype line is Russ Gannon. Uh, you can free stalk him on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. He's at Russ Gannon. And of course, his website, RussellJGannon.com. Check all that out and you'll find out what he's got going. Is there a calendar on there too? Do you kind of blog about yourself? Um, I try, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's 
No. No, <laughs> actors are terrible marketing people for the most part. We just No, I I try, you know what? I I do a better job than than average. Good. But the website it it gets tough. There are so many places to put your stuff out there that you realize um you know, cuz I have a full-time job on top of doing all of the acting stuff. I actually uh. have a, a radio job still i've been doing it for 10 years behind the scenes and so to spend two or three hours making sure that all of the websites and all the pages and all of that stuff is up uh up to date you just realize what a time suck it ends up being after a while (laughs) and you know it's all for you know it's all about self-promotion but at the same time you're you need to train yeah so uh, well, but uh, well, we've been on yeah. we've been on set so much. I mean, it, in I mean, talking about some of the bigger sets where they didn't use us for like hours and hours. We were just sitting on set, and the, a bunch of things. You guys may not know this, but actors, when we get bored, just like anybody else, but we have very limited things we can do because we can't leave a specific area. So it's almost like we're in jail. And we can only go so far. <laughs> we get to stay in the yard. We might be able to walk around a little, but we pretty much it feels like you're in jail when you're on set. Because they go, all right, go. And like, the you know, and you got to get in the position. So because we're so bored, sometimes we play some games and we would play essentially uh, six degrees, which is six degrees of separation, which is a movie with Kevin Bacon. And basically that you are connected to anybody within six connections. That's the whole thing. That's kind of. And you know, you remember what movie we did this on. It was Grown Ups. It was. Yes. Yes. it all started on grown because we were there for um, six days on yeah set. and it was gorgeous it was middle of the summer out yep. in uh, south borough yeah and uh those days were long yeah so <laughs> so because we played six degrees of separation i'm gonna play six degrees of separation with you That's an actual song, Six Degrees Every. Anyway, so here's what I'm going to do. Now, this is where I'm going to rely on my listeners for a moment. Uh, what did they just put out in the webs? Let's see what they do. Which, coincidentally, is on TV right now. Holy shit. Woo! That's, that's freaky. So here's what I'm going to do. Since we have a, a couple listeners signed in, we have a couple says not signed in. I'll tell you what. I want you guys to put, like, here's the example. I tried to really fuck with. Russ. Oh, I remember. I and, remember and I said, I said, there's no way you can connect these two actors. So we went way back. It was like Charlie Chaplin and like Adam Sandler. We tried to connect them, and I go, he'll never get it. And the connection was similar to Char- Charlie Chaplin was in The Tramp with Jackie Cooper. Jackie Cooper was in Superman with Christopher Reeves. Christopher Reeves was in Mousetrap with michael kane michael kane, you know it was like boom and he connected them and he connected now this we have no internet on site so i'm it's so here's the thing let me see if you know this can you connect charlie chaplin to vin diesel well first the the one that we had on set the best one we came up with was tallulah bank oh that's ll cool j <laughs> tallulah <laughs> bank, that's right <laughs> tallulah Bankhead. In six degrees or less to LL Cool J. And that was the one that, that kept us up. Um, and, of course, you can't, you can't look can't, at IMDb. Yeah, you can't cheat. You, you can't, can't cheat. cheat. It. Um, you know, so 
Um, let's see, Charlie Chaplin to Vin Diesel. See, partly part of the issue is not that I can't do it; it's that this is a one-hour show, <laughs> <laughs> and and on set we have twelve hours a day to just sit on the grass and go, hmm, yeah, <laughs> Vin Diesel. Did, did you I say get, so? Did you say Tallulah? Well, let's see, I can get sure. What? How do you spell Tallulah? Like T A L L U L A H. Yeah, I could get her. All the way up to the 70s, because I'm pretty sure she played the Gloria Swanson character on Airplane 75. It's Tallulah Bankhead. Is that it? that was that the name? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Tallulah Bankhead. Let's see. To LL Cool J. Boom. Is Tallulah Bankhead was in my sin in 1931 with Frederick March. Who was in Nothing Great Scared for, in 1937 with Anne Duran, who was in Wildcats in 1986 with LL Cool J. Wow, that's good. That's impressive. There's it's a website. Jackie? It's the Oracle of Bacon. Is, oh, is it? Yeah, and that's how I'm gonna that's how I'm gonna cheat. Vin Diesel worked with Benito Del Turno, uh, Benico, whatever. I, I, you know, something I can't, I don't have time because we're moving on. The show's gonna go longer than 10 o'clock. Everybody's gotta be out of your building at 10. So let's move on. In other words, I actually connected uh, Charlie Chaplin to Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel was in Saving Private Ryan, 1998, with Harrison Young, who was in The The Adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle in 2000, with Norman Lloyd, who was in Limelight in 1952 with Charlie Chaplin. One of the great things about the 70s disaster movies is you can get a lot of people up to the 70s pretty quickly. Yeah. Because (laughs) if you look at Airplane 75, you had uh, Myrna Lloyd, um, So like I said, you had um, um, Jimmy Stewart was in Airplane 77. So you can get him from the 40s all the way up into the 70s. (laughs) You can do a huge jump. (laughs) Yeah. And so being a fan of 70s movies, as uh, a lot of those guys were up there. And it it was kind of a shame, too. Uh, Olivia de Havilland was in Airplane Uh, 75. It's like, oh, my God, she was in Gone with the Wind. Why are you putting her in Airplane 75? (laughs) Well, well, let's do this. Since I've got a couple of listeners signed in, I want my listeners to give me two actors that you think you'd like to see Russ connect. Now, keep in mind, Russ is on his phone, and he's in a building that has very little internet and barely has enough phone signal to talk with me. So, if you give me two actors, I will tell Russ these actors and see if he can connect them in six degrees or less. So, let's see if they're typing it. My brother's probably going to be the first. He's like this crazy junkie. Right. But, and I have I have a couple of minutes before they're throwing me out of the building. So. Yeah. So let's let's do this. Then I'll tell you what. I'll try this. Uh, how about Christopher Lloyd and um <laughs> and The Rock. Ah. <laughs> I don't think we have enough time. Christ- you know what? You'll have to have me back again just yeah. to play this game. <laughs> Christopher. Because I just, you know, I just want to uh, just, you know, not that I'm trying to avoid it, but I know that the building closes at 10 and we're right up against yeah. it. But, you know, I just I just want to say that for any, you know, SAG-AFTRA um, members that are listening, you know, and if you haven't voted yet, 
you know, I'd certainly appreciate a vote. Um, like I said, I've been serving on the board for six years, three terms. Um, I'd be happy to continue. If it doesn't work out, I will continue to work on behalf of all of my fellow New England actors um, pushing the student film agreement. I don't think the fact that I'm a board member should limit me on what I can do to help uh, raise awareness for SAG-AFTRA in this community. So, nice. you know, I appreciate your vote, and uh, I certainly appreciate Mark for having me on. No, and and thank you, Russ. And I know you got to go, and we've you know, but it was great talking to you. And we'll definitely, I'll definitely have you back because I I may play with the audience for a couple minutes after you go. Um, yeah, absolutely. But I will absolutely. tell you this, and I will tell you this, and I know that I had Richard uh, Pacheco on last week, and we kind of touched a little bit about how the board is really like people running. There's definitely two sides now, which is very strange. And yeah. people are like fight the power kind of thing. It's it's very indicative of how I guess how Trump got elected, and that's a lot of people are actually doing that. Like we don't want anybody who's been in there for a while because they're not getting us jobs. And there's a real weird perception that if you're on the board, you can get yeah. jobs. And would right. you clarify just just I know it, and if anybody's listening, especially in the rebroadcast, just you know if you're on the board, you have nothing to do with work coming now, in. You know, you know, we're not SAG employees. So, you know, members of the board do not have the power um, to monitor contracts, to um, get work for uh, fellow actors. All we can do is help give them the tools, which is why Andrea Lyman has the conservatory, um, why we work with student filmmakers, why we come up with stuff like that. Um, you know, we try to tell actors that they have to empower themselves, um, and uh, and that is how they're going to become better. But I see by uh, Scott Fielding that I have to uh, take off, so okay. I have to take off. All right, Russ. Well, thanks for being part of the show. Hey, let me clap. Oh, let me get some clap for you. Hey, everybody. This is Russ Gannon. Thanks for being part of the show, Russ. Thanks, man. Thanks, Mark. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye. That was Russ Gannon, everybody. That was Russ Gannon. Yeah, I know it's uh, it's kind of abrupt. I mean, he literally, but we had him on for a while, and it's. Uh, I mean, the show's very. Everything's different in the show. <laughs> so, like the breaks are different. I haven't even taken my second. I I took my second break. I haven't taken my third break, which is pretty bizarre. Anyway, let me do this because uh, now my guest has gone. Peter Billingsley and Prince. Karen said Glenn Close. You know something? I can't really do it, but there is a very cool website called the Oracle of Bacon. And if you put the two people in, let's see, Prince, Oracle and Prince. Let's say, I'll read it to you. Peter Billingsley. Peter Billingsley was in paternity with Elsa Raven, who was in Back to the Future with Tom Tangent, who was in Purple Rain with Prince bam three three weirdo let's see karen said grace kelly grace kelly and who else honey because i'll put it in she said hmm well we gotta wrap the show honey next time all right that's fine all right never mind so i'm gonna take my third and final break and we didn't get a chance to tell ask russ about his first best and worst time but clearly 
doing radio, doing radio at three in the morning must be pretty awful. So I'll tell you what, I'm going to take a third and a final break. When I come back, I'll tell you where I'm going to be this weekend. You're listening to Radio Regardless. We'll be right back. Love food and wine? Get to know Salem Mass in a fun and delicious way. Join me on a Salem food tour. Our five-star rated walking tour gives guests the perfect opportunity to enjoy an afternoon with friends or co-workers. Great for locals and visitors, our tours book in advance and can be crafted for your special event. For more information on our tours and to make reservations, please visit us at SalemFoodTours.com. To leave a question or comment, call the Radio Irregardless hotline at 978-219-9294. And you're back at Radio Air, regardless with me, your host, Mark Scalia. And let me tell you where I'm going to be this weekend. It's been a fun show, been an interesting show with, uh, you know, Russ having to go. But it's, again, meeting these actors who I've known for years and have them on the show. I learned so much about them. So here, uh, tomorrow night, Thursday night, I am off. I have the night off. But Friday, as I previously said, I'm doing a triple. I'm doing a team building event during the day. I'm doing a comedy fundraiser at Emerald Hall in Abington, Mass. That night, an early show. And then later that night, which is maybe around 10 or 11, I'm doing a special. It's basically a meet and greet where a client's son is actually graduating from college. And she wants me to dress as basically a a duke. And she wants me to lordship him. So essentially, he'll have land and title granted to him and it'll be funny so so i'm doing a triple on friday and again nothing going on saturday and i'm doing another the salem spirits charlie will be going on sunday i think we still have some tickets for that so if you're interested in that definitely check out salem spirits and get on board because there won't be much more because it's getting close to october time and you won't get a chance to get on so as always, if you want to be a sponsor, guest, or leave a question or comment, email the show radio irregardless at gmail.com. You can even call the hotline 978 219 9294. And next week, August 16th, my guest will be comedic comic Kathleen DeMar. We'll see you next week. This has been Radio Irregardless with Mark Scalia, your non standard blend of irrespective listening and regardless enjoying. Radio Irregardless was written, directed, and produced by Mark Scalia and broadcast live via Mixler.com. I'd like to thank my on-air guests as well as all the online listeners for their comments. The Radio Irregardless theme, If Only I Had a Pen, was written and composed by Derek Dupuis. All music and audio clips used, property of their respective copyright owners. All material and content, property of MS Enterprises and copyrighted 2017. All rights reserved. Listen to previously aired episodes of Radio Irregardless by downloading from iTunes. Thank you for listening. Hello, hello. Testing one, two, three.